Okay, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans, and today I'm hanging out here in uh, Creston, Washington, getting ready to do a clinic, and just doing a little reflecting back on the past week. We were just down in John Day, Oregon, doing a clinic down there. It was an awesome clinic, and that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I want to do a little clinic debrief and um, talk about some lessons learned and some things that come up and and everything. And uh, I'm just sitting in my truck right now and hope you guys will forgive uh, the background noise. There's birds chirping. It's a beautiful sunny day here and um, just got, got a little riding done. Worked on an article for Western Mule Magazine. Roped the dummy a couple times with the kids and uh, got Subway for lunch. And, you know, it's Memorial Day here as I'm recording this. And I just want to say how grateful I am for all of those that have served and those that have paid the ultimate price and, and died for us here in this uh, amazing country, the United States of America. I'm so glad to, to live here in this blessed land. So. Happy Memorial Day to all of you, and thank you to all that have served and that that have lost loved ones. I'm very grateful for the sacrifice. Um, And I'm grateful to be able to do these clinics. I'm grateful to be able to have the the freedoms and abilities to go all over the country and the world and um, share mulemanship and and share this style of mulemanship and, and be able to meet the amazing people that uh, that are all over. You know, it's amazing the people that mules bring together. I always love to ask what people do for a living um, in the clinics. And you'd be amazed. We get all kinds. We get every, everything from, uh, from, from teachers, doctors, lawyers, um, law enforcement to rocket scientists, people that build rockets. Uh, military, I mean, ranch cowboys and retired, uh, retired folks and moms and dads, brothers and sisters. I mean, shoot, you name it. And they've come and we all have one thing in common and that's the mules. And that's pretty neat. So let's talk about John Day, Oregon. Uh, this was our fourth year going to John Day and I really enjoy that little town. It's kind of a neat little town, kind of nestled in the mountains right there. And this little, this, uh, kind of a narrow little valley there in the mountains and beautiful place. Uh, I love that little rodeo grounds. It's, it's, uh, that fairgrounds is walking distance to town. You can walk and go get dinner, uh, you know, whatever you need. Walk, shoot, we walked to the hardware store and to get a few odds and ends for some stuff we're doing in the trailer and um, just awesome little town. And I enjoy going there and I enjoy going there and seeing the people, the people just make it amazing. And we've had a, a, a select few group of, you know, that comes back year after year. And of course we always get a, at a handful of new people. That's, that's pretty fun to have. And, you know, you kind of know some folks aren't there. You wish they were there and, and uh but anyways let's let's talk about some stuff that that come up um i got notes all over here i i just you know after each day of the clinic i just kind of take these little notes and um you know 
just little things that I think of. Um, first thing I want to mention, and I've already kind of mentioned it, is the people. Okay. The people here were fantastic. Just amazing people. A very happy group of people. Um, a lot of them have rode with me before. Um, we had a, you know, a, we had 10 people in the Mulemanship 2 class, and every one of them had rode with me before multiple times. You know, it's just a blessing to to be able to to ride with them folks and but i have a couple people that i want to just just mention here um i'm going to start by talking about uh cheryl woodruff um i'm not sure if she listens to the podcast if you do cheryl hello and cheryl is so tough um so i think she told me she's only six weeks off of a broken knee she busted her knee like six weeks ago, and she's she's barely. I mean, she she's not even healed up yet. <laughs> she was really sore in the clinic, um, but she said, "Hey, I'm coming. You only come to town once a year. I'm coming. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to learn." And she did show up. It was amazing. Uh, she had a nice little mule named Fancy. Um, just a nice mule. Uh, no issues with the mule. She was just. I mean, Cheryl's just working on refinement, trying to get better, trying to improve. But I was just so impressed with her willingness to show up and, and work. You know, even though she's just fresh off of busting her knee, um, it's just amazing. Because I've had, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. You know, I don't mean to sound rude about what I'm about to say here. And of course, you know, whenever somebody says that, they're about to say something rude, right? But I've had people cancel clinics for. I mean, all sorts of little reasons when it comes to health, you know, just, you know, break a toe, break a finger, break an arm. You know, I've never had somebody come to the clinic with a busted knee. Uh, I don't, I, and I'm not saying I recommend that. I'm just saying I want to tell Cheryl, good job for showing up, being tough and working. And, you know, sometimes mulemanship takes that. Some, you you kind of got to, you know, sometimes you got to be a little tough. You got to be a little tough and be able to take some hits like that, get up, get going again just as soon as you can. That's exactly what Cheryl Cheryl's done here. She didn't sit and sit on the couch for for months on end. You know, she's she's back out doing it. And you guys, she did two classes. She did two classes. She did mulemanship one and two. So she rode six hours each day. So good job, Cheryl. Um, another person that I want to mention, um, is, is, uh, Phil Britt. Any of you that have been to our, some of our, uh, Oregon clinics, you probably remember Phil and his meal Pearl. And we, we've, uh, kind of given Phil the, and Pearl the nickname team Pearl, those two together. And, and uh, you know, Phil works really hard. He enjoys his mule. Um, and he has come so far with Pearl. It's amazing, you know, seeing these journeys over the years. I think the first clinic he ever come to was in 2016. And, uh, you know, with Pearl and he's been coming since. And uh, just about every year, except for last year, he missed last year. But uh, every year since 2016, he's come and brought Pearl. And the first time I met him, I was just hoping that he wasn't going to die. <laughs> I was him and Pearl. Pearl was a handful. And I was just hoping that, man, I hope, I hope Phil lives through the clinic, you know, and, and, uh, he's made so much improvement over the years. 
it's been super fun watching him and he's a happy guy and just all about it just just all about having fun and improving and he really cares he really tries and he's one of these guys that you know when i give him a, a tip i give him some instruction you know he takes it to heart and, and he does it and he works at it and he tries it you know you know he, he utilizes it um a lot of times folks show up you know to the clinic and you know th they'll do what i ask them to do in class you know um I can't think of an example. Well, I, I guess I can think of one example, you know, like maybe I say, Hey, you know what? I, I think that meal probably be a little better in a snaffle bit. And so a lot of people will change and they'll ride a snaffle bit for the clinic. And then, you know, I see them post a picture of their ride, you know, the day after the clinic and they're back in some, wh whatever thing they were using before, you know? And so, so they don't really, it's not like they really implemented what they learned. And sometimes I feel like it's a waste of the, three days for, for them, you know, if they're not going to really implement, I don't expect everybody to implement what we do. I'm not saying they have to do this. This is just one way of many ways. But what I'm telling you is Phil is a guy that implements. He's going to take the stuff that I teach him and help him with, and he's going to use it and he's going to work at it and he's going to keep working at it uh, until he gets the results that he wants. So, and all this to boot, he, he he shows up and he just uh torn a hamstring he's got a torn hamstring it's barely hanging on the bone um he doesn't need surgery but he's he's got uh um you know he's he's got this torn hamstring and he's doing doing everything that i that i've asked him to do uh he's trotting loping transitions you know, leg yield, side passing, um, you know, hinds and fronts, all that. I mean, he's doing it with these, with this torn hamstring. So good job, Phil. The next person that I want to mention here, um, <laughs> it may feel like I'm just going down the list because I, I got a lot of people that I want to tell good job here, but I think these people are worth mentioning. There's a lesson from, from this gal, um, uh, she's been coming to the clinics for 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 quite a long time brenda aka barb and if she's listening to the podcast i'm sure she just smiled because for the longest time i kept calling her barb but her name is brenda <laughs> and she was so kind that i'd call her barb and, and she'd answer to it she just answered to it like it was no big deal and so now it's kind of a a running joke every year that i see her and she's been coming for years and years as well and learning and doing great and you know uh, just a very happy person now, now this is an interesting person brenda is very interesting she's very quiet very reserved um kind of go kind of flies under the radar um and her mulemanship is excellent she rides really really good um and she puts a lot of heart a lot of effort into working her critters and she's just awesome and i'll give her a suggestion and she, just kind of like i mentioned before with like phil brenda's the same way she just works at it and she implements it and implements it right now and she remembers it she takes it home and she tries so brenda uh brought her mule picasso to a clinic last fall in enterprise oregon and um 
you know, I kind of watched Emil work there and she, she had quite a few little, little glitches and little issues to work out with the mule. And, you know, the, the mule packed a lot of stress and he, he had, he, he had a few corks that, um, were a result of this stress. You know, for example, one of the oddest things I've seen in a mule, but he'd kind of like vibrate and, and move his jaw back and forth. Um, and I noticed he'd particularly do it after she would ask him really any question. It could be anything. It could be transition work. It could be lateral work, uh, whatever. Um, he would do it after a question. And, and this tells me that, you know, the mouth is like a little gauge for you to, um, to read the stress level. Okay. And this meal stress level was at a maximum when I first met it. And so I gave her some suggestions, you know, one of the biggest suggestions, the main suggestion I give her was, Hey, you know what? Just keep asking this mule simple questions, help him find the answer, set him up for success, reward him when he does, leave him alone, rinse and repeat. And by golly, she's done it. And it was so fun seeing her success with Picasso. She, she brought him here and she wrote him. She actually wrote him in, in both mulemanship one and mulemanship two, which, um, <laughs> if you guys are considering that, I actually don't recommend you do that because I kind of want, if you're going to do mulemanship two, well, for one, they should already have the mulemanship one stuff going. And also if you're going to do mulemanship two, I want your meals fresh, fresh, fresh. I don't want, I don't want them to be tired for mulemanship too, because mulemanship too is a ton of work. Anyways, she did both. And you know, that mule's got plenty of, plenty of get up and she basically just did both classes. So mulemanship one was kind of like a review and kind of like a, a staging class for her, but she did so good. So Brenda, if you're listening, good job. Um, and we could all take a lesson from Brenda. Just, you know, most good, Mule men and mule women um, are humble, meek, and quiet. Um, they're not they're not loud type people. They're not uh, somebody that's going to show up and, and be in the middle of the party type of person. You know, um, they're just good good folks. And and Brenda is definitely one of them. So I wanted to mention that. Now, on the other hand, I I got another lady here. Uh, that came to the clinic that I also want to mention because she was, she was on the other spectrum. She was, she was actually pretty loud. Um, but I wanted to mention her <clears throat> and she went by the name of Bronco. And that's the first time I've ever met a woman named Bronco. And she had so much enthusiasm. It was just, it was just, uh, I don't know the word, uh, contagious contagious that's a good word because she was so happy she had a mule named festus and she was so happy and so excited about everything everything she got the mule to do she was just stoked that the mule did it um she came there saying hey i this may be the this may be the end of the road for festus and me she was wanting to know if they're a good fit if she should keep going if, if festus was worth the work um, which I, I really don't like. I feel so bad when somebody comes up to me before the clinic and they say, hey, this is the end of the line for this mule. It's, if it doesn't work here, they're gone. And I always want to say, well, what about you? I, I wonder how that mule feels about you. Do you think the mule's already made up its mind about you? You know, if you don't fix your stuff here, you're gone. Because, hey, remember, the clinics 
a lot of people come to clinics and they think it's a mule training clinic where it, it is. I mean, really, it's completely a human training clinic. It's all about us. It's all about us, you know, um, because if we don't change, if we don't fix ourselves, if we don't make the adjustments, then it really can't be about the mule. So we can say it's all about the mule, but hey, you know what? It's got to start with us. The change starts with us. So people realize this. They come to the class and they realize that, hey, it's not just about mule training. And this also comes up when people want me to do work for them. Like they come there and they're having a hard time getting something done with their mule and they want me to do it, to get it done with the mule. And I say, no, this this, this, this ain't about me. This clinic ain't about me. It ain't about me showing you what I can get done. Uh, this is about you learning how to do it. Anyways, Bronco, she was so happy with everything, everything the whole time. And she would cheer and she would, she would just yell, woohoo. Every time she got something done, you knew it. Every time she, she got it done, I didn't even have to look because I could hear her and I could tell she's doing it. And she's a handy. She, she worked, uh, she worked cattle for a living, um, hauls cattle and, and ranches full time. Um, which I really appreciate when the full-time ranchers and the cowboys and the buckaroos come and they want to get better because a lot of times in that, in that culture, in that community, sometimes you just get stuck on the ranch and you can't leave. And also, I mean, really the pay is typically, um, borderline poverty and, you know, coming to a clinic and paying for a class is probably one of the last things on the budget. So whenever they can show up, I sure appreciate them and, and make sure they know how glad I am that they're there. And she did really good and she's going to keep Festus and she's going to keep working at it. So it was kind of a, a fun story to see, you know, in the beginning she wasn't quite sure. And by the end she's, she's all enthused to go home and keep working at this and apply it and just rock and roll. So that was, you know, that enthusiasm is, I think is really, really important. Um, to, to be excited, to be excited. And I think I've shared this on the podcast and I'm sure some of you guys listening to my podcast, you guys get sick of me repeating myself. Um, you know, cause these aren't scripted podcasts. I don't know. I might've told the same story last week and I forgot, you know, but Sky and I were down at Bishop Mule Days one year and we were watching, we were at the concert, the, the Thursday or Friday night concert, whatever it is. And we sat in the back row. We had the kids with us, you know, whatever. Um, we're in the right back. And there's a guy in front of us and he's so excited about every song. And he's this guy that wants to start the clap. You guys know that person? You guys, I'm sure there's that person in your life. The person that wants to start the clap after the song. And this guy's so excited that he's got his hands way above his head. And he's just, he is just primed. He's just ready. The second that song winds down, he is going to start that clap. He's going to be the first one to slap them hands together for sure. And he's so excited. And, and he did that every single time. And, uh, that enthusiasm, even though, you know, um, I don't know, like I mentioned, you know, it's good, you know, good qualities are meek and humble and quiet, but enthusiasm is also important. You need to be excited and excited for your animal. I can't wait to tell them a good job. I do get excited for my mules to figure out the questions I'm asking them. I want them to succeed. I want them to know I'm proud of them. And, and Bronco, thank you for your enthusiasm. It, it, you know, it, it made all of us smile because I'd hear her 
cheer and, and kind of holler like, woohoo, you know, she'd get something and I'd kind of look around and everybody smiled. Enthusiasm is contagious. So that was pretty cool. All right, let's see who else. I got I got a list of people that I want to just, I mean, a lot of people really struck, um, you know, really kind of struck me to talk about. So my, li- my you know, and it's all about the people, right? There's another, uh, there's a gal named Sherry there. Um, and she had a mule named Sterling. And uh, she was in the foundation class and mulemanship one. A lot of people do foundation and mulemanship one. That's really common to kind of double dip those two classes. They go together perfectly. And so if you ever, you know, if you ever consider that, I do recommend foundation and mulemanship one together at a clinic. It's a great segue and it's perfect for each other. But anyways, Sterling, this is a big mule. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how big. He's about as big as Riata. So Riata's 15.3. So this is a really big, solid mule. And he is just really pushy. And, you know, another great word, actually a more accurate word to describe pushy mules, because I don't really like that label. Really, they're insecure mules. And this mule had a lot of insecurities. And, uh... Pretty herdbound to another animal that she brought at the clinic. wasn't in the clinic. And, you know, if you're ever thinking about bringing another animal to the clinic just for fun or to give your animal companionship, hey, don't do it. <laughs> okay. If you're not going to be using them in class, just leave them at home because I tell you what, they'll get plenty of companionship. You know, when there's 30 or 40 other mules and horses here, don't worry. Your mule ain't going to be that lonely for long. It ain't going to be lonely long, okay? But when you bring one and it's just right outside the gate and that's all that mule thought about for the mo- most of the time was that other horse back there um, in the corrals that it could see the whole time. And it it kind of fodder on that. And so we, we talked about the herd-bound scenarios, you know, talked about, hey, you know, instead of trying to make the mule go away from that end of the arena, work them down there. And just make it less desirable to be down there on that end of the arena and make it easier to be on the other end. So I do my work down there and relax everywhere else and just kind of, you know, it ain't like you're trying to make it go away, make it, you know, get in a fight with it. You're just trying to help it find the easier answer. That's all I'm trying to do with my mules is help them find the easier answer, find the relief. So she was going through this the whole time, too. And the mule's running her over a lot of times and pushing her, and and she struggled a little bit. But my gosh, that lady worked. She and she would she would implement. I'd, I'd give her a suggestion, and she'd do it, and she did it right then. And um, she worked, and she made a lot of changes. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing. This mule is basically a colt. It's just a four-year-old, so really green. And I was telling her the first day, hey, you know what? One of my favorite moves with green mules, colts, is short serpentines. Basically, I walk four steps and I bend them. And I bend them tight. So they're kind of making this little, a really, really tight half circle. So the hinds and the fronts are moving united. And you can do that move, rolling the hinds and the fronts. Um, but for the most part, I want them to do it united. So all four feet are moving together in this bend. And so I walk four steps and bend them to the right, walk four steps, bend them to the left. And I just stack those on. And I asked her to do this the first day. And, and, and this happens a lot. Um, a lot of times I will, I will do, you know, give a suggestion like that. And somebody does it for, 
just a just a moment like they do it for for just a little bit and not very long and i told her no do more of it like keep going keep going and this happens a lot i see this happen with cults especially a lot where um maybe you're having some issues maybe the cults all over the place and you're trying to get some direction going you might be doing the right thing for example in this case short serpentines was a the right thing was a good thing but it wasn't working for her because she quit too soon and this happens and you know a lot of people are doing the right thing at the right time they just don't do enough of it and this kind of happened there and i told her the last day again hey do do them short serpentines i want you to do i want you to do a lap all the way around this arena i want you to do two or three laps around the arena pile them on whenever my mule is feeling the need to go and I don't have much of a handle, so like I'm saying, riding colts, those serpentines are so valuable, and we need to stick with it. You got to stay with it until you feel some softness in the mind come through and some lightness in the body come through. You got to have the softness and the lightness before you quit. And that kind of you could apply that to any move. But when you're in a bind, when a colt is giving you some trouble and feeling like, hey, you know what? If I don't do something, they're going to run off, or if I don't do something, I'm going to get bucked off. If I'm feeling worried like that, I am doing these short serpentines until I feel the softness of the mind and the lightness of the body. And uh, you can't talk me out of that. I'm just going to pile them on. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind for a lot of moves. It, maybe you're, you're doing a move and you're having a hard time at it, uh, or maybe it's not quite coming through. Remember, sometimes you can do the right thing at the right time. You're just doing it, not doing it uh, long enough or doing enough of it. So, but Sherry sure worked hard and she made a lot of progress and I hope she comes back to a clinic, um, next year. I want to, I would love to see how her mule Sterling turns out, uh, another year. That'd be really good, really cool. So, Hey, I got quite a few more notes here to go through, um, some things that I want to mention about this clinic, but we're going to take a quick break right now. And, uh, when we come back, we will continue. So let's hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colt Nairing. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. Okay, we're back with our John Day Oregon Clinic debrief. <clears throat> and, uh, We've been talking about some cool people, been talking about some lessons learned, and I want to mention another great person, um, Tony. Tony, so he had uh, a nice little mule named Emma, and um, he was working. He showed up first day in a, uh, a shank bit, kind of like a correction style bit, okay? And... Um, uh, in our participant, when I send out, so, so when you guys send out for a clinic, I send out a participant letter and it tells you what I recommend. And if you, if you're coming to the mulemanship one class, I recommend you come in either your snaffle bit or a hackamore. You can come in whatever you want. And believe me, people come in whenever they want. We go all over the world and it's amazing what people do show up with. But you know, you guys are coming to learn uh, kind of this style of mulemanship, you know, this great basin tradition. And, you know, 
a lot of you that have been listening a long time, you kind of know the progression. If you're a first-time listener, I like to start my mules in a snaffle bit, and I ride them in a snaffle bit for two or three years, and I teach them everything they need to know in the snaffle bit. I don't introduce anything new after the snaffle, okay? So all the learning happens there. Now, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be the best in the world to move out of it, but it is a graduation out of the snaffle bit. It is a progression. You move out of the snaffle bit because they're doing amazing. Most people that I've encountered before they kind of meet me and we learn about this, most people move out of the snaffle bit because they fail out of it. They they don't feel like they have the control in it. And that's that's a big fat F on the report card. But hey, you can go to school again and you can you can try again. You can, you know, you can try try it again and, and start over. It's no big deal. Um and after the snaffle bit, we go to the hackamore. The hackamore is simply a transition period. And I only ride in a hackamore about a year, nine months to a year. Um, and then we go into the two rain. The two rain is actually when you have a hackamore and a bridle bit. And I ride in the hack or excuse me, the two rain for another year. Okay. And then they go straight up in the bridle. When I'm talking straight up in the bridle, I'm talking about like a half breed or a spade. A true, very balanced, very refined bridle bit. That's what I'm talking about. There's a million kinds of bridle bits, but when you hear me talk about it, that's kind of what I'm what I'm dealing with there. Okay. So but people that come to the clinics for the first time, they don't they don't know about this. They don't understand. This is all new. And you know, Tony came and he had this shank bit on and and first day didn't mention much to him. And second day he actually asked me if, you know, hey, because somebody else in the in the class, I said, Hey, you know, I think you ought to put a snaff bit on. You get along better with the type of work we're trying to do and Anyways, Tony picked up on that, and he came and asked me about the snaffle bit, him and his wife, Maria. And I, w I was trying to explain, you know, using the snaffle bit is, is different. You know, you should use the snaffle bit the way you have to use a hackamore. And this is where a lot of people get confused. And most people have failures in snaffle bits and hackamores um, because of rain angles. I see a lot of people that get frustrated with snaffle bits and hackamores because, for one, they're trying to stop the animal by pulling back on both reins. Or if they get in trouble, they pull straight back with both reins. And neither the snaffle or the hackamore is designed to operate by pulling straight back to, to get much done. There's very little signal. It's a, just a small signal there when you pull straight back. Your, your loudest signals are your lateral signals. And this is also where people get frustrated and mess up a little bit because, again, they mess up the angle. So I'm going to tell you the angle, and this is kind of what got Tony intrigued. Um, when when you're trying to get your mule to bend and you have a snaffle bit on or a hackamore on, it's important that you draw your rein out away from yourself, away from the mule, so kind of out toward your knee, until you have them bent to 45 degrees. And then you can draw your rein in towards position one, which is in front of your saddle horn. Granted, you're trying to move the hind or something, which is, if you're in trouble, that's what you should be doing. 
but you can draw it to position one to 90 degrees, but you have to draw, you have to tip the nose out first. And this is the biggest mistake that people miss out on in the hackamore and the snaffle bit is they forget to do that, that 45 degree draw to the outside to begin their bend. That's, that's where most people get hung up and they just pull straight back. Even though they're only using one rein, they pull straight back. And typically they pull straight back kind of towards their belly button or toward their hip. Um, you know, and, and you're not going to get any bend. So people get frustrated. They say, well, I, yeah, I know I can't pull back with both reins. Well, they, they don't do anything then. Well, I can't pull back with one rein either. Nothing happens then. I can't get any bend. They just stay rigid. And a lot of people can ruin a good mule by pulling straight back either with both reins or with just one rein pretty quickly. You, you can ruin the feel in, in a refined mule. Anyways, I was talking about this, and this is what intrigued Tony. Um, because you know, he, he was kind of taught old school, you know, well, grandpa says, if you want to go right, pull right. If you want to go left, pull left. If you want to stop, pull back both reins. If you want to back up, pull harder. You know, if you, if they don't stop, pull back hard enough until they do stop, you know, and th this is just kind of the, the redneck version of writing, right? Um, you know, the, 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 the preschool version of writing. Well, we got to get past this at some point, And there's so many more you know, there's so much more to this rain position, seat position, leg position than, than those basics. And that's what we teach in the clinics. And I'm not going to dive into that here on this podcast because it would, it would be hours. I mean, that's why the clinics are three or four days long, but you know, the communication is, is needs to be precise. And, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions about any tool, any, any bit, um, or I shouldn't say misconception, misunderstanding is how to use that tool. We don't, there's not enough training out there. And that's why I'm trying to do what I do uh, to get the education out there about how to use these specific tools, how to use a snaffle, how to use a hackamore, how to use a bridle. Each tool is different, but I think you should use the snaffle bit um, the way you have to use a hackamore. Hackamore is much more strict and you can fail in a hackamore and hackamore can make you feel <laughs> pretty it can put you in your place quick the snaffle bit's a little more forgiving uh that's why we you know i recommend somebody that's never really rode much to ride in a snaffle bit or recommend a mule that's not been rode much to to be ridden in a snaffle bit because they're very forgiving tools where the hackamore is not so forgiving um but yeah the way you use the piece of equipment needs needs to be thought about you know Everything has a reason. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a way. It was built to be used a certain way. And I always use the analogy in the clinics, you know, can I pound a screw in with a hammer? And usually everybody nods, yes. Yeah. I mean, if I sat there long enough, I could pound that screw in. I, I promise you. But, you know, they make this thing called a screwdriver, you know. And better yet, they make this thing called a, a, a drill that you could, you know, put that screw in there and, you know, and... The tools you use and the way you use them can make all the difference in the world. And this is important to know. So anyways, I hope Tony and Maria hang in there and keep working through that. And, you know, their their thing was to, hey, Ty, but I've been riding this mule for 10 years. And this is the bit they came with. And this is like one of the most common things I hear is people say, well, this is what the trainer used or this is what the person used that I bought them from. Do your own thing, you know. It's okay to to change and advance. You buy a truck. Well, maybe you want to do, maybe you want to make some changes to that truck. 
Well, no, the the owner before he just did this, so I got to do that. No, you can do whatever you want. It's the same thing with the mules. You know, if I buy a mule from you, I ain't riding it like you ride it. I'm riding it like I ride it. Now you might not know how you ride yet, and that's where the clinics come into play too. Is because hey, we're here to teach you, and you you need to ride like you. Um, but a lot of people don't realize this and they say, well, I bought this mule. I'm going to ride it how the person that I bought it from rides it. And that's fine. You can do that, but just know that you can be you. And there's not one rule out there that says, just cause I bought this mule from you, I have to ride it like you. I can ride it however I want. And that's what I will do. I'll ride it the way I want and I'll have different pieces that I want. My standards might be different than yours. And, and this is where a lot of people kind of miss out. And they said the same thing. Hey, I've been riding this mule like this for 10 years. I said, yeah, you've got along just fine, haven't you? They said, yeah, I've gotten along just fine. I said, okay, so why, why, why would you want to switch? And he said, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. And I said, well, do you want to be better? You showed up to this clinic. You've been riding for 10 years, and I've been doing clinics for nine years. I've been going down the road nine years now and doing clinics. And, and you just barely show up to a clinic. It tells me you want to change. You want to be better. And he nods, yeah, yeah, I want to be better. I show up here because I want to be better. And that's so important to realize is, you know, a lot of us are content and we do what we do for so long because we're content. But you get this little itch. You got this little scratch. You got to scratch that itch, you know, and it's okay to change. It's okay to seek and, and try to be better and try to become better. So good job, Tony and Maria, on wanting, on wanting to become better. and opening your mind to to change and opening your mind to refinement um yeah because do you have to do it no you don't have to you can and i was telling him you can get into this as deep as you want you can get into mulemanship as much as you want you can do as much as you want to do you know you can just be the basic the basic basic weekend rider where you go down the trail and your mule goes wherever it wants to go and you're just along for the ride because you enjoy nature good for you and that's fine you're going to probably have troubles and i know that because that's my my emails i get behind on my emails but that's what's happening that's typically what happens is people just ride until they can't until something happens and then they would need some help so there's that there's that basic level or there's you know all the way you can get as, as deep as me and you know i'm trying to be the best i can be i'm trying to help my meals be the best that they can be I want to achieve my fullest potential, whatever that is. I don't know what that is, um, and I want, but I want my meals to achieve their fullest potential, whatever that is as well. So that's what we're trying to get done, and I admire people that, you know, want to be better. So good job. Um, I got another person I want to talk about. Uh, this seems to be like a people talking about clinic, um, but there's lessons within each of these, and I hope you appreciate them and I hope the people I'm talking about appreciate the lessons they learned at the clinic. But you know, this is just a, a, uh, another great guy. So, so Rick, and I can't even say his last name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Rick G from Oregon. I don't know how to say his last name. So we'll just say Rick G, but Rick has been coming to my clinics, um, out of the, you know, I think he's been coming the last four years and Rick Cowboys for living Cowboys full time. Uh, a top hand, a good buckaroo, good with a rope, and just a all-around amazingly kind person.
person, a genuine individual, somebody that's truly interested in getting better. And he's been coming and he's been working. And this is a guy that makes bridal mules. That's what he's interested in. But he's brought this mule Nina along the last few years. And, you know, he, he's rode this mule in a hackamore and, and, and a bridle and, and whatnot. And um, this time he showed up in a snaffle bit. And we talked about it. And he said, you know what, Ty, I've been listening to you. I've been listening to your podcast. I've been watching your videos. And um, it kind of has changed the way I've been looking at this mule. And it's changed the way I'm, I'm looking at how we're progressing and, and the way we do the things we do. And he says, hey, I want, I, I want a little more refinement. And going back to the basics. So we went back to the snaffle and I kind of talked to him about, hey, you know, I don't even like saying going back to the snaffle bit because to me, the hackamore, the snaffle bit, the two rain, even when you're in the bridle, those three things, those are always, they're just a part of your education forever. It's kind of like saying, you know, uh, I mean, you know, even a doctor after they've got their PhD, they still sign their name one letter at a time. If you can read their signature, right? <laughs> but they sign their name one letter at a time just like they learned in preschool and kindergarten. Like that's with them forever. And to me, the two rain hackamore and the snaffle when I'm in the bridal, that's always a part of my education. So I don't really like saying going back to it. I'm just kind of shifting over to it to check on some things, to use that tool for the things that need to be done. You know, the snaffle bit and your hackamore, they are the best lateral tools out there, in my opinion, and in my experience. Um, so he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to the snaffle bit again, and I'm going to get these things better, and uh, then, I'm, then I'll move on, you know? And so he's just kind of up to standard. He, yeah, he's just up to standard. He, he says, I want things better before I move on. And so we talked about that, and... You know, Rick is just a great guy and he's super interested in, in becoming better, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun seeing guys like that, that ride full time. I mean, he, he's the type of guy that, that I look up to, you know, um, I look up to him. He, he's just really cool and he's doing the things that, that I really enjoy doing, but I don't get to do, uh, cause I'm on the road, you know, and, um, for somebody like him to show up and want to be better and be the best that he can be, it's just really inspiring, you know, uh, just keep working at it. And one cool thing about Rick and, you know, he, he, he brought, he brought this roping dummy one year to the clinic and I saw him out there roping and playing around and he's a good roper. And I, I said, Hey, I, it was, it was really, it was really nice little roping dummy. It was simple, but, pretty nice. And I said, Hey, can I buy that from you? And he said, oh, no, I ain't going to sell you my rope and dummy. And I said, no, really, I'd, I'd really buy it from you. And he's like, no, I ain't going to sell it to you. And I said, all right, well, then we kind of just played around rope together for a minute. And, uh, the next year he shows up and he gives me a rope and dummy. And, uh, it's just, you know, those of you that are listening, you're like, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. It's just a picture of a sawhorse that you use in carpentry. And that's, that's a rope and dummy basically. Okay. It's just learning how to throw head and heel shots. And, um, he give that to me and I pack that thing everywhere. A lot of you listening, you're like, Oh, yep. I've seen the rope and dummy. 
because I pull it out at every clinic and I got it sitting there and, and I rope with rope on it and Ellie ropes on it and Swayze sometimes. And, um, yeah, I'll just never forget that. You know, it's amazing. We get a lot of cool gifts from, from people out on the road, all sorts of cool little nifty things. You know, we got this, uh, getting off topic here um i got got this little floor mat this little camping floor mat that we put out friends in pennsylvania give that to us and i got all these little odds and ends a lot of the stuff i got on my rig has just been gifts and you know what i just love you guys i just appreciate those things so much but that rope and dummy that rick built me that's that was special and it just kind of tells you the type of guy he is and um you know, Rick, you do, you know, I, I think Rick listens to these podcasts, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, he's got this meal named Nina and he's doing a great job. He puts a lot of effort into it and makes all the difference. So good job, Rick. And there is no shame ever in, and I'll say it, going back and getting things better. You know, basically that is the style of mealmanship that we teach, right? Like if you're working, and you're having issues with this move well go back to the previous moves you know working on the advanced stuff is just combining the basics that's all advanced moves are is just a combination of a bunch of basics glued together um let's see what else we got here Oh, I forgot to mention this. This was kind of a funny part of the class for me. It probably wasn't funny for for Maria. And I kind of mentioned Maria. Maria is Tony's wife, the fellow I've already mentioned before. And You know, the last day of the class we are working in Mealmanship 1, We the last day of class we work on loping transitions. And we're, we're, it was Maria's turn to lope. And I, I always just do it one or two at a time when we lope. It was her turn, and she's trying to get her mule lady into this lope and she's having a heck of a time uh keeping lady centered while they while it lope while the mule lopes the mule's loping but she's all over the place and this mule is also particularly herd bound to tony's mule emma and so she's coming around there and if you've been to a clinic then you know sky takes a lot of pictures uh, at these clinics and so sky's out there and she loves to get transition pictures for you guys and she does a good job of getting transition pictures because they're, they're kind of cool action shots, right? So she's out there trying to get pictures. And this mule is headed right to her. Now, Sky has been run over many a time. And she's going to do her best to make sure that that does not happen again. <laughs> she ain't going to just roll over and die for, for you know, for a mule and let it run it over. No. So, so Sky dro kind of drops her camera down. And she's got both hands up. She's starting to kind of make a ruckus so that this mule doesn't run into her. She's like, hey, get out. Hey, 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 you know, and it kind of tips the mule off to the side. And and Maria says, don't wave at her. And I say, well, what do you what do you expect? This guy just to let you run her over. And and uh, anyways, we talked about it after about, you know, it's your responsibility to keep your mule centered. Period. That's it. It's your responsibility to keep your mule centered. Um, and she said after, she says, well, I, I was worried because, you know, uh, we, we were riding one time and the mule kind of ran off. And, um, you know, my my dad, actually she's talking about her, her father-in-law kind of waved at the mule and the mule spun around and dumped her mother-in-law off. 
and and this may sound just terrible and you guys might send me bad reviews for it but i said that that's your mother-in-law's problem like that ain't your dad's problem for or the, the you know your father-in-law's problem for almost getting ran over and just like if if sky's here blocking herself and and your mule bolts off to the side and you get dumped off it ain't sky's fault that's your fault you know the rider we got to we got to take more responsibility for these critters and while we're in transition transition uh time here at mulemanship one um the topic came up of you know well out on the trail you know you ever you ever had somebody run up behind you and it scares your mule and your mule runs off because somebody else was out there running around and people are like oh yeah shake their head i'm like did that really bug you and they're like oh yeah 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 that drove me crazy and i said guess what it wasn't their fault the person that ran up behind you i mean maybe they should have been a little bit more responsible and give you some warning but if your mule takes off when somebody runs up behind you that's your problem that ain't their problem that's your problem keep your mule centered i take full responsibility for my mule all the way around forward backwards whatever all the way around i take responsibility for it and i think that's something that has gotten lost in you know for a lot of people is is taking responsibility but hey it's your job to keep them centered nobody makes you fall off nobody can make you uh, have problems with your mule you are in charge of keeping them centered and that might sound a little rough um that might sound a little rude but you know that's what we teach we teach keeping your mule centered keeping them uh with you you know keeping them between those reins between those legs it's super important um let's see we had there was one little wreck this week unfortunately a fellow named greg purdue he come out and greg was actually he actually came out to enterprise oregon last fall to do a clinic with us and he got there and i'm sure you guys all heard about the crazy fires in oregon last year well there are fires everywhere but the fires in oregon were pretty massive and and uh, he was he, he drove out there and he was worried about fires coming up on you know the night that he drove up and he was just keeping tabs at home with his wife and he got a call says hey you know the fires are almost to our house we're evacuating so he ran ran home and so he didn't get to do the clinic he ended up saving his house you know but uh anyways he wasn't able to do the clinic and uh, so he finally comes out here to john day and um he does the first day of the class he's doing good and i didn't see the wreck happen but apparently so during the break um you know uh people go out there and they start to warm up and he was out there and his mule was scared of something passing by the bucking chutes. And anyways, apparently it spooked, dumped him off and he came down and he ended up breaking ribs and a collarbone. And I was like, Oh man, Greg. And he, he was in good spirits about it. He, he wasn't upset and he's just, he's a pretty lighthearted guy and, and just a nice fella. And he wasn't too upset about getting busted up other than that he was going to miss the clinic again. He's like, gosh, dang it. And, um, the poor guy just couldn't catch a break to come to one of my clinics. I said, well, maybe next time you'll at least get two days. The fir first time he came to a clinic, he didn't get any days. The second time he only gets one day. But he he asked me, what, why, you know, why was she, what should I have done right there? And he was talking about how she was really scared of the, sh of the buck and shoots. And so he stopped to let her look at it. 
and something really got her and she whirled around and that's when he fell off is when she spun around he said you know should i have kept her moving what should i have done i said you know man we can always do the shoulda coulda wouldas you know sometimes crap happens you know sometimes they move quicker than we do and we hit the dirt and the dirt breaks us it wasn't the mule breaking your bones it was you smacking the dirt and so shoulda coulda wouldas I said, I don't know. Here, here's a few tips. You know, I don't like my mules to freeze and check things out. I like them to check things out, but typically, right after they freeze, they're while they're freezing. It's not necessarily that they're processing. Is it safe or is it not? Um, but they're frozen to see what's going to happen next, and the reactions are really rapid, fast from the freeze. So they've stopped. They're staring at it. Oftentimes. I mean, the wind blowing and could could blow a little wrapper, could blow a little napkin. Uh, the wind blowing could move the grass just right, and that mule's just going to spin around. I've seen so many wrecks from a mule being frozen, not moving its feet, spinning around. I've seen so so many more mules blow up and buck when they're not moving their feet. I've seen so many mules bolt off and run from when they're not moving their feet. So my suggestion is is to keep the feet moving. Um, I'm not like trying to hustle them, but I do want those feet moving and staying loose. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the mule could have still spooked and he could have still fell off. And I'm sorry that he had to get busted up. But I was just trying to tell him, hey, don't beat yourself up too much on what you should have, could have, and would have done. Because it happened now, just move on. And, you know, nothing wrong with the mule. It's just one moment in time that just kind of come up and shoot. That's all it took, so... Anyways, Greg, I, I, I'm praying for you, buddy. I hope you get healed up quick. And hopefully next time you'll be able to do the whole class. So, Well, um, I got one more fellow that I want to mention. And just give this guy kudos. His name is Fred West. And this guy, he carried a notepad and a pen. And he kept diligent notes. I was telling him, hey, you know what? Them notes are going to be worth some gold by the end of this class. These folks are going to want to, uh, you know, buy them notes for you. But if you guys come to a clinic, be like Fred. Take notes. Um, he was just so interested in learning. And it, it, was just a, it was just so fun to be around him because he'd ask a question and I'd answer him and he'd write it down. And he'd nod his head and he was learning and he'd think about it. And I'd see him out there practicing and he'd take a look at them notes. And a lot of the stuff I noticed he was writing down was some of the philosophy things, some of the, just the words of wisdom, not particularly mechanical stuff, but words of wisdom. And so I wondered what he was looking back at. And I, I wondered what he wrote down. I would have loved to take a look at his notes. Um, the guy's a great guy. He, he's, he's big into martial arts. And so he has that, that martial art mentality. Um, just a really neat individual. But he was talking about martial arts a little bit. And he says, he was, you know, he was, he was uh, doing a, a class and, and, you know, talking about uh, the instructor. And um, I guess a fellow in his class said, you know, Hey, let's, uh, can we work on some advanced stuff? You know, can we, can we move on a little bit? And, you know, the instructor says, what do you, what do you think we've been doing the whole time? And I kind of mentioned this earlier, but he says the advanced stuff is just all the basics combined. You get the basics right, and the, and then you put them together, and you make combinations of these basics, and that's how you do advanced moves. So get the basics right, 
and get the glue right and you'll have the advanced moves and i'm like that is so good for mulemanship to yeah build the basics build the glue the basics are the fundamentals the glue is the relationship and you'll have your advancement so hey i think that's a good place to end on uh what a great week it was in john day oregon um I highly recommend if you haven't been to that clinic and you're from out there in the Northwest country, come hang out with us. It's a great clinic. So, hey, if it's not too much to ask, I would be so grateful if you would leave us a review. Tell me what you think of these podcasts. Tell me what you think of these clinic debriefs. Let me know your favorite episode. Uh, Tell me about it. And also, if you could leave a five-star rating if you think I uh, deserve it, I'd be so grateful to you. And if you would like to come to one of these clinics sometime, check out our website, tsmules.com, for a full clinic listing schedule. And uh, hopefully you can come. Anyways, until then, God bless you, and we'll see you down the road.